Hello and welcome to Blades Pod. It is Thursday, the 18th of November. My name is Ben and I am very pleased to be joined, as always, by Andrew. How you doing, mate? Yeah, I'm all right. Uh, we haven't lost, so I'm, uh, I've got a smile on my face this week. <laughs> Go international breaks, eh? Fun for fun yeah. for everybody. Uh, That's it, yeah. Yeah, uh, I think Yukanovic has left three times during this international break, if you uh, yeah, I believe think so, every yeah. rumour that you read. <laughs> Mm, he's lost a bit. I mean, not, yeah, we might be dated here. By the time this comes out, he might have walked. To I think his press conferences this afternoon as we're recording this. So I'm keeping my eye out for people noticing body language and you know all sorts <laughs> of stuff. So <sighs> obviously, people can. I don't want to talk about this very much at all. Obviously, people can feel however they want to feel and have whatever opinions they want. But there is so much to get worked up about with United that is real. That I don't feel the need to either invent or latch latch onto things that haven't happened yet. So it's just like you have to go to the most, you know, the were the catastrophic sort of end of uh, <laughs> of anything United. It's bad enough. Let's not add any like sort of other stuff on the top of it. Let's deal with that when it inevitably comes. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Right. Here's how this podcast is going to uh, going to work. So we're going to talk about Coventry, which is our next game coming uh, coming right up this weekend. So we're going to preview Coventry. We've got a bit of uh, any other Blades news coming out of the international break as well. Some some real things that have happened. Uh, and then we're going to hit a break. And if you want to stop listening for this week, you are very welcome to do so. After that break, we're going to talk about the Reading game. Uh, so we're going to do like a double whammy preview, if you like. Yeah. Uh, and if you want to pause the podcast after after we've finished talking about Coventry and uh, listen to the Reading part next week before the Reading game, you are welcome to do that uh, as well. But yeah, we're going to do both previews now. And then on, I think, Monday next week, we'll talk about this Coventry game. And uh, yeah, then we will have already talked about Reading. So we're going to be jumping around time timeline-wise a little bit. Uh, that's I've made that sound way more confusing than it actually is. Sorry, I I, I know what you I, I got it. Yeah, I yeah. got it. I understood it. <laughs> Apologies for wasting like thirty seconds of everyone's time there. So anyway, let's let's move along. Let's let's talk about Coventry. Uh, good preview, including their season so far uh, and what to expect out of them, I guess. But before, I suppose before we turn our eye towards our actual opponents, probably should talk a little bit about ourselves and the importance of Do we getting. Have to? <laughs> I mean, we have to win one of these next two games, surely. Like in terms of like where the season is going, we have all to... I want. And I said I did a video for Johnny on Shore and View. All I want is hope, and 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 I don't think that's too much to ask for. If we're not going to get in the playoffs, which I don't think we will, just give me that sort of delusional hope to cling on to, where you think, well, you know what, you win a couple more, you, you know what I mean? The, the yeah. sort of if we can sort of just be. I just, I just feel at the moment really low about United because I feel a bit like last season where you feel like the season's done already. I don't think we'll go mm. down, especially like obviously with the points getting knocked off for Derby and Reading now and stuff. I don't think we'll go down, and I don't think we'll go up. I just want something to cling on to for for the rest of the season to make it to make me go to matches thinking, oh, imagine if we win this one, we're only going to be three points off and stuff like that. So I'm not sort of even looking at the table in that sense. I just think. I just want some sort of hope for for the rest of the season that gives me something to cling on to that these matches are worth playing. <laughs> yeah, I know I know where you're coming from with that. I mean, I, I've i just brought up the championship table now because I wanted to see how many points we were off the playoffs. Cause I, seven, I think, isn't it? It is seven, yeah. I, I mm. sort of, I've stopped looking over the last three or four weeks, to be honest. Yeah. It, not, not in terms of how far we're off the playoffs, but actually where we are in the league table because it's... It's not where I want us to be, no, but no. equally, it's not really. I, I don't know. I know some people are worried about where our season's going, but I'm, I'm not one of them. We, we're just we're going towards mid table as it stands. And, <laughs> mm. So yeah, I, I'm, we're 17th. That's that's news to We've me. We've gone up a place, haven't we? Since Reading got six points knocked off. Indeed, yes. Yeah. So uh, yeah, the, the the march up the league continues. From the only way is sort of up from 17th. But yeah, yeah I know what you mean uh, in terms of just. Just give me something to to cling to now at this point, and um, yeah, these are. I mean, we'll get onto Reading in the back half of the podcast, but this is going to be a very difficult game. I was really surprised that Coventry are the um, well, that we are the bookies' favourites for this game. I, I can't it... believe Coventry are three to one. So if you want to fill your boots, <laughs> get on that because I couldn't believe that we were. I... 
I can sort of see us being slight favourites with being at home, and obviously we're seen as like a, a nearly relegated side who will finally get it together at some point. But the odds are ridiculous. I mean, for me, Coventry, are, I won't say, yeah, I think they are clear favourites actually. They should be. They're four, four, yeah. uh, Excuse me. They're fourth in the league. They're eleven points better off than we are. Uh, yeah, I, I, I'll get to some of their underlying numbers in a minute. But yeah, that really baffled me. I, I do see us as out, like quite, quite big outsiders <clears throat> for this, this game. Like it's going to be probably as tough as the Stoke game was. I think who currently yeah, sort of fit yeah. themselves. Um, I think, like for instance, I mean, the only thing I could take away from it is that a look and Coventry are eighteenth in the away table. And you think, oh, maybe that's why. But we're nineteenth in the home table. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that even makes sense. Yeah, Coventry are the. Uh, they've had probably the most mental back-to-back series of results this season, where I think they lost five nil at Luton. Where were they full yeah. nil down after like twenty minutes or something? Yeah, I remember. Yeah, I remember watching this on Sky. Well, not the actual game, but like it coming in. I'm like, thought Coventry was supposed to be good. <laughs> yeah. So they lose that one five nil, and then the very next game, which I think was like, it was. It, well, maybe it was a week later rather than four days later, but they, they walloped Fulham at home. It was, it was four days later, four 29th days later. of September to the 2nd of October, yeah. Yeah, so 5-0 loss to Luton, who are 11th at the minute, and then obviously destroyed Fulham, who were probably going to finish in the automatic spots. Very impressive. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm jumping around a little bit. What what do you want to see from United in this game on Saturday? <laughs> Either you know, line-up-wise or you know, a, a tweak to the formation or, or certain individuals... Stepping up, making progress. I, I don't know. We did that sort of um, who stays, who goes thing, and I think it's we've concluded ourselves. Obviously, we hope we're proven wrong that it doesn't. I don't think it really matters. I'd like, you know, I think that we just don't have the players. We certainly don't have the players to do what Slav wants us to do. And how can Slav change his philosophy? What's the point of him going? I, I just, I, I don't see the point of going back to three five two. I don't. I know that these players are. I suppose there is a point, that, but if that's not what we're going to do long term, that's not building. If you want to build with Jukanovic, I don't really know the point of going to a formation that he doesn't want to play. But then again, should he play the formation that the players are comfortable with? It's it's really messy as a whole, I think, at the moment, because I think I can fit our best players into a 3-5-2. I think that's fair to say. I think if I did a 3-5-2 formation, you can fit Bash, Egan, Davis in a back three. And I think already that sounds a bit more solid than what we've what we've been having. You could have Bogle as a wing back, Norrington Davis as a wing back, where he's better going forward. And then you could also fit in um, Gibbs White, maybe as a central midfielder, like in the Duffy role. And I get this, but if that's not the way the manager wants to play, and he's not going to carry on with that, what's the point? I suppose the counter argument is, uh, even if that's not the way the manager wants to play. We can't do anything about it personnel-wise for another two months or six weeks. Yeah, or so. I thought if we lined up three-five-two, I'd be more I'd be more intrigued about this match. I think if we line up with the normal thing that we've been doing, I'm not expecting a good game. I'm not. I'm expecting that the only way we could win was with bits of individual brilliance from Gibbs, White, Njai, maybe even Moose if he if he plays or whatever. That's the only way I see us winning this game with that tactics. I just don't think we have the players to do it. Um, if we did do, if we lined up three five two, I'd be intrigued because it's something different. If we lined up, I don't know four three three, four five one, or whatever, something different, then I would be intrigued to see how it worked. But I wouldn't be confident that it worked. We should say that three five two did not work for a very long time last <laughs> this season is it. I don't, this and is at the start of this season as well. It's not the panacea, is it? That everyone thinks it's going to be. I think I, I keep all I get arguments back from people in like. My normal life when I talk about this, someone says, well, you need to go back to three five two, and I'll say, yeah, but it didn't work last season. Yeah, but that was the Premier League. Then people need to realise how bad we were in the Premier League last season. We mm. weren't just bad. We, we were under Wilder in that first whatever it was. We were the worst ever. So it's not that it's, it wasn't just that it's not working. And I'm not blaming Wilder for this. The players are gone, as, we, as in my opinion, anyway, is what we see now. But that those ta- that, those tactics didn't make those poor players any better. For me, I, I don't. I don't think that's the. I think we'll go back to three, five, two, two or three games, and then we'd say, "Why have we gone back to this?" You know, he yeah. he didn't work last season. I just think it's the players. I think the players aren't good enough, and um, I think I'd like to see three, five, two purely for something different. I suppose in terms of this Saturday, because I don't think the other tactics are working. But I certainly don't think it'll change too much. Yeah, I, I think I'm going the other way on this. I, I just. I really like this front four. 
um, mm. that, that we've mm-hmm. sort of rocked out since, I think since the Peterborough game, since Njai yeah. got into the team. Yeah. Like, it, it's such a departure in terms of attack from where we were all last season and the first five games as well. I mean, yeah. we are... You know, from a creative point of view, we are quite high in like most metrics now. XG I think the shots and the XG, yeah, I exactly. Think. And you know, yeah. actual goals as well. I mean, we scored one goal in our first five, didn't we? And then we've scored mm. twenty-one in our next uh, in our next twelve, which is is pretty decent. So, I don't want to sacrifice this that. This formation just... for me doesn't necessarily fall down with the forward players. I think I have to be more clinical, and I'm not sure Osborne's the answer on that left hand side in that formation. Hmm. It's, as we all know, it's the other way. You know, I think with this formation, you're always going to concede. But as you say, I suppose if we're not going to go up, try and make it as exciting as possible, maybe, and you know, keep with this formation and and keep trying to create chances and yeah, try and build from that way. Yes, please, and stop conceding stupid goals. What? Well, uh, That's d- not going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> That's us. I'd like. <laughs> There's no chance Sander Berg's going to be fit as the for Saturday or ever again. I don't possibly. What's happening with that man? I, I just he's he, I like him as a person. Every, all his interviews and stuff, and but he's really every time I hear his name now, I'm like, oh god, <laughs> like, because you just think here's what you could have won. I just, yeah, I just don't see him coming back. I mean, maybe you know he'll come back in a couple of weeks or something like that. But we we kept here and we obviously just in time for January. You mean? Yeah, oh, yeah, exactly. Yeah, uh, Slav's uh, obviously press conference this afternoon, and I imagine I'll be asked about it. But I, I just don't see him coming back. We've heard nothing. Um, I know there's loads, loads of rumours about I oh, was trying to save him. I don't think that's true. I think he has got. A, I think that injury last season was really bad, and I think he, he's still struggling. This, this is not be helping his value to. Uh, this to... is re- this is the most worrying thing out of the lot. I think you could. I think before the season start, we would have accepted Sander Berger going if it meant we could buy you know other players in in positions. Now it's looking that Sander Berger's going to go, and we're not going to get any money for him. So yeah, well, it, it also means that from his point of view, his prospects are diminishing quite rapidly because mm-hmm. he's barely played any football for the thick end of a year now. Right? It was exactly. what was it December. I I won't buy him. If you're, if you're, I mean, he were linked with Arsenal last year. If you're an Arsenal, you, you're going to be looking and thinking, no, no, we're not, we're not no. going to go for him. You no, know no, what I mean? No. Whereas, like this time last year, he might have been someone they'd have been looking at. Yeah, which is why I, I, I mean, I'd never really buy these things anyway. But that, that, the idea that he's, uh, you know, putting his feet up until January, or we're just, uh, no, I don't, no, it doesn't make. I don't, any I don't, sense. I don't agree with that. And like I say, I get mad when I hear his name. It's nothing to do with. It's not his fault. He's injured. Hmm. It's just the, the, oh, you know, we've got this. This asset, our main asset, probably above Ramsdale, everyone thought before the season in terms of the money we could probably get for him. Yeah. And it just looks like it's rotting in the corner, <laughs> like sort of getting worse and worse. I've had some guitars in the past, and so you think <laughs> I'll sell that while it's in good nick, and then you never get round to it. By the time you sell it, it's like it's knackered, so you don't get any money for it. So it's like a used guitar. <laughs> <laughs> Fabulous stuff. Am I right in thinking that he has not played uh, since we made the change to uh, to a front four? He's not started. He's Sorry, not started. yeah, he came on against uh, Preston and he scored. And he came on against Preston, then he, he was due to start against Hull and obviously got injured in the warm-up, and then we've not seen him since. I really want to see him in this formation. Yeah. I really, yeah. really, really want to see that. Yes, he... Uh, that's right, He, I'm looking now. He started against Luton, then he had co- oh, had a positive test of uh, COVID, mm. missed the Peterborough game, and I think got injured as well. Uh, oh, no, wait, he came back for... Um, yeah, came back for Preston, then he's had this recurring hamstring injury. Jesus, I think he's played man. something like 10 Two, games in about 50. Five, six, seven, eight, nine. He's missed the last 10 games with this hamstring injury. Yeah, and you which... think about last season, he didn't start a single game past February, I think it was, or maybe even January. Remember lost to Man United? I think it was, uh, yeah, that was December. I think. It was definitely was it December. Real, like, yeah. yeah, yeah, I remember so wrapping I think Christmas he's presents. Five while I it. games in a year, basically. Yippee! Uh, yeah, this is uh, it's re- it's really worrying. I, I don't know. We don't know the inside details of you know what's actually going on with this with this injury. But yeah, for you know, from going from you're starting in ten minutes time against Hull to mm, actually mm. we'll we'll just take it easy to then missing ten straight games and probably going to be eleven and twelve. You would think. Yeah, mm. we'll we'll see. But I I, I really hope he is fit soon because I want to see him in this formation. I. I'm fascinated to know if, uh, and I'm going to borrow your word here, I don't think it's going to be a panacea to all our problems, but I'm fascinated to know how having a proper midfielder <laughs> you know, who can run about a bit uh, yeah. might I, I, go I some way to solving like our him. problems. I know people are saying, oh, he's not as good. 
And I, yeah, I can understand that criticism. I don't think he's fully shone for us. I, he's evidently better than the two that's in there at the moment. I think, even if he just does gives us twenty minutes a game. I mean, when he signed, we one. I feel like one of the intentions when he signed was this, uh, you know, double pivot alongside Norwood. Mm. That could work with a front four and a, and a yeah. back four, but yeah. um, we've, it needs to get on the pitch to, for us. I'd to like sit. to see just before I forget. I don't know if this will work. It's probably too small. I would. I wouldn't mind seeing Osborne as a central midfielder. So people said he didn't work last season. Uh, and I get that, but at least he's got he can get up and down. I just I think one of the main problems with Norwood and Fleck is they can't get up and down. I don't know it's not that easy. It's not a case of getting up and down. I'm not saying it will work, but I won't mind having someone with genuine energy in the middle of the park, maybe next to Norwood. Mm. Yeah, maybe I'm not uh, I'm not totally convinced on that. But then no, I wasn't, I, I wasn't particularly I'm convinced. Throwing, I'm throwing cards at the, the wall and seeing you know what I mean, seeing what. Yeah, to be fair to Osborne, I wasn't particularly convinced about him as uh, an attacking midfielder either. And uh, he's done a mm-hmm. he's done a uh, pretty sterling job, to be honest. Uh, yeah. What about in goal? Is it time for a uh, big Wes? Is he you know how much chance? I love Wes, mate. <laughs> <laughs> you know how much I love you Wes. Really do. I think it'd be quite uh, poetic playing Wes in and making a massive mistake in Cyber Moore pulling save after save off. I think that'd be quite. <laughs> Like, why did we let him go? Um, I personally still think while Ever Olsen's here for the time being, unless he starts carrying on being Steve Simonson <laughs> levels of badness, I personally would play Olsen. I know people won't disagree with that. I just, at least Olsen's got a pedigree at the top level. I think you, you feels bad, but I feel like if you put in Fodringham in, you're sort of just thinking, you know, he's going to make a mistake at some point. <laughs> but then again, I get it because Olsen's been appalling. And if we could send Olsen back, I, I personally would because I think he's, I think you could get a better keeper for, for, for less wages that he's probably on. But he's the, the established keeper. And we saw with Ramsdale, which we'll come on to later, this time last season, me and you were saying Ramsdale should be dropped and look what's happened to him. So it could just well be a case of a goalkeeper having a bad time at a new club in front of a terrible defence in the same it was with Ramsdale. So I think I've learned from last season with not dropping Ramsdale and I'd probably stick with Olsen. Yeah, I'll, I'll get a, a, a take... Uh, what's the word here? Contention? I, I've, I don't agree he's been appalling. I think he's been probably a bit below average. I would still maybe I'm just judging this on my negative mood after yeah, yeah. when I, he did that mistake at Blackburn. I think I shouted, "Get rid of him!" <laughs> <laughs> he's. Uh, <laughs> he, I mean, the Ramsdale parallels are absolutely bang on. I think he's. He's not the reason we're struggling. Much as Ramsdale wasn't the reason we're struggling, it's not helping us either. Much as Ramsdale wasn't particularly no. helping us during that, he's playing behind oh. a really bad defence. Team's in a bit of a rut. He's not. Uh, you know, I, I I think it's fair to say for however much we're paying him or the pedigree that he has, he should be doing better. But ultimately, I don't know. I don't, I don't see him as a problem at the moment. And I think Wes Fodringham would be a problem. <laughs> so please don't play Wes yeah, Fodringham. Yeah, I agree. I do agree. And I think it's easy. I understand the criticism he's got. I do think he's been really poor. Paul is probably too strong, to be fair. I do think he's been poor from what I expected from him. But I don't think... Fodringham it would be any better. People say the two games he's played, he did all right, kept a clean sheet at Luton. I don't know if people have seen the highlights of Luton, who were very <laughs> lucky to keep a clean sheet at Luton by, due to his own antics. So, um, yeah, I, I don't think... Uh, I think you've got to stick with the the uh, the more established keeper in this. And he, he must have gone through phases like this in his career before. I think so. Pulled off a uh, brilliant save for Sweden against uh, Spain this week. Did you see that? It was uh, unlucky I to did. concede the rebound. I got the view from Ireland, the Ireland players, and I was going to get the Robin Olsen views. And then I started doing it, and everyone was just saying, what a keeper. And I thought, oh, I can't do this. <laughs> <laughs> I can't be translating all these Swedish and like, sort of <laughs> telling me about this, how good this keeper is who's been letting goals in for us left, right and centre. So. <laughs> well, well on, the, on the subject of keepers, and uh, you, you mentioned him already, but this Saturday is, of course, the return of Simon Moore. And uh, mm. I, I suppose it does beg the question of why why isn't he here? Uh, you know, why why did he leave again? I mean, I, I know His the answer. His contract were up, weren't it? It was up, yeah. I mean, where, would he... What do you think about this now? I mean, oh, he's, he's, he's our number one. I think he's absolutely our number one. I don't think we'd have had to even buy Olsen with Simon Moore. I don't think Simon Moore is absolutely fantastic, by the way. I think he's a an average Championship goalkeeper, probably at best. But I think for where we need other positions in that in the team, I think we desperately did need to replace Fodringham. I don't think we desperately needed to replace Simon Moore if we were still here. That's my own take on it. Hmm. 
Fair enough. Uh, yeah, I mean, so he wanted to his contract run out. We went into the season with a, a, a presumably a goalkeeping pecking order of Ramsdale, Verips, who obviously was the uh, second choice at that point because he made the start mm. at West Brom, mm. and yeah. then kind of a uh, you know a tie slash uh, more actually behind Fodderingham was even the third choice. So. That's how yeah, we. Yeah. Uh, that's how we would have gone into the season. Uh, so it made total sense from his point of view. He wanted to go and start somewhere. Of course, yeah. I, I really thought he would go to a League One team to get starts everywhere. But no, he's um, he's played every minute of every game for high flying Coventry. And um, well, I yeah. got some like a little few quotes about more like not. I actually I'm not putting him in the view from because it'll be too big. But they're basically saying he's just a massive step up from what they've had for the last two or three seasons. I mean, I don't know if they've had the last two or three seasons, but. He's done far better than I thought. As I said, at United, I'd say we're a lower half championship goalkeeper at best. I think that were his sort of is. His... But now he's he's playing for a team in the playoffs. So you know, I, I would, looks like I was very evidently wrong. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> uh, I think he would. He would definitely be. Maybe not definitely. If we'd signed Olsen, he probably wouldn't definitely be starting. But I would certainly be much more uh, much more up for the idea of Simon Moore starting over Robin Olsen at the moment. Do you think if we if Olsen had stayed and say sorry uh, Moore had stayed and um, say Verips had gone, we wouldn't have signed another goalkeeper? Mm, no, I think we would have done. Mm. Just just because we, like I say, went into the season Moore was if yeah. he was still here, he probably would have been the third or even fourth choice. That's true. That's true. I just don't think it'd have been a, a, as desperate a need if Moore had still been here. And, they, and and you know, I'm talking this probably realistically, despite my love for Wes last week, probably sort of says where I put Wes in this uh, in this um, in this list of goalkeepers that I don't think Simon Moore's good enough for a top six side overall. We'll see, obviously, commentary if that if that proves to be the case. I don't think Wes is probably good enough for a championship team at all yep quite uh as to how moore's been playing uh he's been fine he's not been amazing uh he's not been poor he's played behind a he's been really well protected actually this season uh some of the stats he is middle of the pack on opta's goal pre, goals prevented stat which is basically the uh the number of goals a keeper was expected to concede uh divided mm. by the number of goals they've actually conceded uh, he's, a, he's of course ahead of anyone who's played in our goal this season, but yeah, not course, yeah. actually by <laughs> not actually by a huge, huge margin. He's kind of been a, a middle of the road championship keeper on. on this that is stuff. what I'd say about Simon Moore. Hmm. He, if I remember rightly, I'm sure there's other instances where this has not been the case. He seems to make. I remember him making the saves he was supposed to save, and that was it. If you know what I mean, he, he very rarely pulled a world off. I think his best ever moment was that Adam Reach follow hmm. against where he tips it over the bar. I think he was just a steady headache, something that I think if you took a look, you probably did need to improve on. And obviously, Henderson was an unbelievable upgrade on him. Um, but, you know, the games he played, he never really let us down too much. I mean, he made a mistake against Man United where he comes running out and dives and stuff. But, you yeah, know, that's in the so. Premier League. Against, well, like, keep, keepers make mistakes sometimes, don't yeah, they? Yeah, exactly. But, yeah, when he was in goal, I didn't think, oh, no, Simon Moore's in goal. Like I do with certain other goalkeepers. Yeah, quite. Well, hold hold that thought about being sort of middle of the road, steady Eddie, if you like. Um, one other note on Moore, he's, he's only faced 56 shots on target this season, despite playing every minute of all 17 games. That's only 13 more than Robin Olsen has faced, and he's barely played half the minutes for us. So it wow. just shows you how well protected Moore has been yeah. relative to... Uh, our yeah. own number one, I suppose. So yeah, Coventry are doing a good job of uh, keeping him protected, and he's doing a good job of um, well doing what he's asked to basically when it mm. when it crops up. Uh, I'm really pleased for him, you know. This I was thinking about this earlier. This is I don't know. There's not too many. A lot of times when a, a player sort of leaves at the end of the contract, I sort of stop thinking about them a little bit. But mm. actually, maybe it's just that League One team. You know, I think I was just yeah. thinking now, like Leon Clark. I was invested in him doing well. Uh, mm. Duffy, I suppose, uh, Coots when he went to Fleetwood. Coots, yeah. yeah, maybe it's, it's just a core of that League One team I have such fond memories of. But um, yeah, yeah all, I agree. All, the best, yeah. all the best to him. You know, I really hope uh, it'd be amazing if, uh, <laughs> I hope, ideally not at the expense of us, but imagine if he gets promoted with Coventry this season. Like, absolutely mm. hats off to him. So um, Yeah, yeah. I'd like to say, I, I, I know someone who met the United squad a couple of times due to the work and stuff, and they, they, both, they all said, like, she said to say that he was the 
the nicest one out of a lot of them, like the, the, the a real gent. So, <laughs> mm. and uh, Henderson, huge praise for him when he like you know uh, is is a almost like a support mem- a support staff if you like. That's um, it. That's what it was with Henderson and Ramsdale to a degree. Obviously, yeah. even lesser so Ramsdale. But with Henderson, he, he was basically he knew he was never going to play. Mm. But he still sort of gave him that support, and Henderson obviously spoke gushingly about him. Yeah, for sure. So uh, good lad. Uh, I hope he has a nightmare on Saturday, obviously. But um, <laughs> yeah, I'm pleased to see him doing well. I'm sure he'll get a very good reception, uh, certainly from me and uh, the majority of United fans. I'm sure. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah. Right. Let's just move this uh, along a little bit. So I just want to talk Coventry. Um, so they're fourth, <clears throat> as I said. They haven't mm. fluked their way there, but. I do. I, I think this, this. When I was looking at this, I think they're quite an interesting comparison to ourselves in terms of they're kind of stylistically middle of the pack for pretty much every stat you can look at. You know, yeah. they they've got a, a top ten defense by um, xG against, which is only two goals better than ours. A top ten attack, which is almost identical to ours. Uh, we actually have a significantly better open play xG for what it's worth, but the, the middle of the pack for the amount that they press, how good they are at set-piece defending and attacking. But the point is, they're just a team that's been above average in almost every aspect, and that's mm. enough to get you in the top six. Whereas you look at us, and I I would say we're a really good attacking team, but there's other stuff that's just like dreadful, and that's why we're 17th. Whereas if we could just be average in a few of these things, you know, we don't need to become the defence that we had two years ago. We just need to become average and we'll climb up the league very quickly. It probably won't be enough to get us in the top six based mm. on the start to the season we've had, but it will get us a lot closer. So, yeah, mm. kind of full respect to Coventry, really. They've just been a really solid team that don't particularly have one massive kind of standout quality. You know, like West Brom, super direct team, Bournemouth, like mega pressing team. Mm-hmm. Uh, I guess Swansea. Well, Swansea are above us now, I suppose. But you know, heavy possession dominant. Possession, team, yeah, yeah. Um, and, and and I suppose on paper, I think like the the times I've seen O'Hare has really stood out for me, mm-hmm. and the other guy who I can't pronounce, so I'm going to let you pronounce. Yokeresh. I went. And, That's uh, the guy. Yeah, That's the guy. Not Gyro Man. I'll call him. Yokeres <laughs> was how I thought it was at first, Yorkeres. but it is it is Yokeresh. Um, They're the yeah. two that seem to stand out, and I've done a little bit of digging on their forums and stuff. Seems like McFadden and another ex-blade, obviously, has had a good season as well. He has, yeah, uh, yeah. I've got a note to to mention him actually. Yeah, that, that's been a quite a good journey. I looked him up as well. Quite a good journey, really. He, uh, I think he made what one. He never made a league appearance for us, did he, Carl McFadden? This is going back to what is this like two thousand. Two thousand nine, thereabouts. This is Callum McFadden, isn't it? Kyle. Is this Kyle? I believe Ooh. so. Well, let me just double check this. I thought, I, are you sure? Uh, Kyle McFadden. Let's do some live googling. Some... Callum plays for Crew. Kyle plays. Right, for you're right. I I had this in my head as Callum. I had okay. this edit. I, I, I'm really surprised at that same because he seems to be going down the leagues. Fair play. I had this as, as Callum McFadden, not Kyle. Actually, yeah, you're right. Sorry, yeah. so I've learned something. <laughs> so that's that's good because when he when he plays on Saturday now, I'm not looking idiot by saying get out, Callum, you idiot. <laughs> <laughs> but no, he, his his journey, yeah, it's been quite impressive. He left us uh, mm-hmm. having not made a league appearance, went to Alfreton, then to Crawley, MK Dons, Burton, and now here he is at the top of the Championship with Coventry and. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, he started every game from this season, I think. So, uh, yeah, he's he's doing very well for himself. Um, Jokeresh, who you mentioned, yes. sort of. Uh, he is the, you know, I said Coventry are kind of a... Um, and I, I, I absolutely mean this as a praise when I say they're kind of like a slightly above average at everything. He mm. is very much more than above average. He has been a huge threat uh, with the yeah. ball. Uh, he leads the championship in dribbles that have ended with a chance either for himself or his teammates. Uh, and if you look at his um, goals this season, which uh, he's got nine, he's one of the top scorers in the championship. I went and watched them earlier because I was trying to <laughs> nail the pronunciation of his name, basically. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely loads of them are driving on the counter-attack or driving yeah. into the box with the ball. Huge, dangerous player. Um, I think I've only seen him twice this season, and obviously in the highlights as well, and he's always been the one. Like I say, him and O'Hare two people that always seem to be popping up on the on the highlights and stuff. Yeah, he's uh, he's one that is is elevating him from you know what is probably a 
a team that should be kind of eighth or ninth or something like that. He's he's pushed them up into the top four. So yeah, well played. And then one other name, uh, Matt Godden. He's um, he's behind only Mitrovic in terms of goals per minute or minutes per goal, I should say, this season. He's got six That's goals. He's averaging a goal every ninety six minutes that he's played at the minute. So slightly, basically a goal a game. Uh, yeah. I think he scored two in their last game against Bristol City, so he may well be starting again on uh, Saturday as well. So, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm very concerned about this game. Mate. I think I'll tell you, I've got more concern for you here. Um, they've gained six points with three injury time goals this season. <laughs> okay, well, <laughs> welcome to Bramalane. Fill your boots, lads. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I don't want to be too negative, but I'll be. I'll actually be surprised if we win this game. Like probably, probably. Really surprised, like maybe maybe the most surprising result of the season in it terms of me a little bit of when we played them under Atkins uh, and we were rubbish and we were a twelfth and I think Coventry were about third or fourth at that point. In fact, yeah, when Jay McKelly did his uh, infamous it's... tackle, they might have been top actually. I do remember that. They might have been top. Yeah, I know they were up there, and I went to that really. I think it was around Christmas, January, something it, like it that. It was. Yeah, I missed it because I was Cold. doing the Crimber thing. And I was just sort of trudging into the ground works. This is what I'll be doing on Saturday. <laughs> What's the point? <laughs> and then we played rubbish and managed to scrape a 1 0 win because it came off Billy Shot's backside. Yeah. Coventry scored a goal that was miles over the line. George Long's is a cheeky smile after it. Um, <laughs> and yeah, and McKevley quite clearly should have been sent off. And I think John Fleck played amazing that game. So mm. let's hope that, um, we have another. I will take a 1 0 off Billy Shot's backside. Excellent. I I was looking down our head to head with Coventry, and I think for one reason or another, I've only seen us play them at Bramall Lane once, which was the FA Cup tie years and years ago. Did you ago. not go to the Wilder on the pitch? No, I was uh, I was in Portugal with work. I ah. I, don't, I don't know if I've told you this before, but my because uh, obviously you can't listen to the radio overseas, and obviously it wasn't yeah. televised. So I was in my hotel. My wife set up a Skype call with me and put her computer next to the radio playing Radio Sheffield. And that's True how love. I, I like this. this that's, is it. Yeah. that's how I followed that game. Uh, so I was I was slightly pleased that that one didn't actually clinch promotion. because yeah, I was going to say, because uh, we could have got up that night, couldn't we? I think if Fleet would have lost or whatever. Yeah, I was sat in a uh, hotel in a business park outside Lisbon. So, um, yeah. Good times. Anyway, yeah, I've barely seen us against Coventry. Uh, the, the last time I did see us was uh, <laughs> at, at Northampton's ground with 2,000 fans in attendance and we lost to a Bob Harris own goal. And I, I remember this one for Jamie Keverley being brought on to play on the left wing. He came on for Ryan Flynn. Oh, uh, and no. he was also. I, I can't remember this. I can't remember <laughs> this at all. It was awful. I don't oh, want to go you, over again. Uh, was it like the second game of the season? It was thereabouts, yeah. It was in August. Yeah, I do remember it. I didn't go. I remember listening to it, and he brought McKevil. No, he didn't bring McKellar. I think McKellar went to the wing, and he, we were losing 1 0, and he brought Michael Doyle on to change things with his creative yeah. spark. <laughs> Absolutely. God, that team was. Well, there was... Coventry man, actually, Michael Doyle. There's been quite a few. There is, yeah. That was uh, that was not a good season. Uh yeah, are you, how are you feeling about the, the game generally? You sound like you're dreading it. I mean, I'm not dreading I, it. I am, and I don't, obviously I'm, I'm, I'm sort of joking. I don't, I don't want to uh, add to my negative reputation, but I, I, I can only be honest, and I can't see us winning. And I, I, I don't even think Coventry, I think, I mean, look, judging by what their fans are saying on their forums and stuff, there's a, there's a thread on there saying, where do you think we'll finish? And most of them are saying 10th mid-table, might get playoffs. I think, you know, they've sort of... They sort of know that they're probably going to fall, fall down the down the league as as, it, as we get closer to Christmas and stuff, but you never know. So I don't even think they're one of the greatest sides in the league and all the metrics points from being sort of mid-table, as you said, and solid rather than anything else. But I think that's good enough to beat us, to be honest, at the moment. Yep, absolutely. Uh, I mean, I, I, I like games where we're, uh, you know, I can talk myself into being the underdog, to be honest. I don't know if it's just lowering my own expectations, but... Um, mm. Yeah, let, let's just say I'm very, very surprised that we're the bookies' favourite for this one. And uh... I'll be stunned if any United fan is going into this ground. Any United fan is thinking, can't wait for this. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, I suppose. I so. really can't, and and it's a it's a bad place to be in. But I think we're all just so deflated. And as I said, I I just feel like last season in the sense where you feel like the season's done before it's even really got going. And obviously it hasn't because you can go on a run. And we obviously people point to the where Slav was with Fulham. Uh, in November, when he when they got in the playoffs and he finished third, it's obviously not over. But the way we've been, I think 
there was a bit of progress, even up to the Blackpool game, where we were creating loads of chances and it wasn't quite falling. And, and, and I came on this podcast saying, we're unlucky today, and if this falls the other way, I think those last two performances against Forest and Blackburn's really sort of, yeah, give me a, a, a shot in the heart of, a, of any sort of like hope. Nice. Very, very, well, not nice at all. I appreciate yeah, the terrible. poetry. Um, yeah, yeah. I'm actually changing this to a poetry podcast. <laughs> you, you said something there I wanted to jump on, and I've, I've, I've lost what it was now. You remember what you were just saying? <laughs> I was listening. I just uh, I had my tangent nah, nah, already prepared. I bored myself that much. I forgot what I was saying myself. Um, no, nah, I think just along the lines of like the last two performances have really. Yeah, I no, they've come off before. the back of some performances before that where you could see real positives. I think mm. Blackpool at home you could see real positives. Blackpool at uh, Barnsley away, um, we were really poor, but we had that twenty minute spell. You think we just blew them away? The last two, I'm really struggling for positives. Yeah. Fair enough. Well, let's let's move on. I have a I have a positive for you. Mm. Terry Kennedy winning the lottery. Yes. <laughs> is this so? Are we sure this is real? <laughs> like, yeah. I, it, someone sent me this video um, and didn't tell me it was Terry Kennedy. And so it goes, "Oh, this lad." And I don't think they do. Because like this lad from Sheffield's won a million pound. And I'm like, "Jammy get." Do you know what I mean? All this yeah, sort of yeah, stuff. Yeah. And then someone else. I think you messaged me first, actually, saying, "Hang on," and you you linked to the. Sheffield star thing. It might have been someone else, as you said it, mate. And they're like, "What is it?" I didn't recognise him at all. I mean, I, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't know what he looks like at, at all. Like, if I walk past him in the street, no. um, yeah. If anyone's not aware, Terry Kennedy was a, uh, a player from our youth academy who played. I think first played in 2011 for us, uh, a defender. He, mm. I guess, he was sort of a. He was kind of part of the same youth setup as Harry Maguire, wasn't he? And I think probably his partner yeah. at various levels. Had a terrible time with injuries. And, um, yeah, we, we had to let him go in... Uh, when did we leave? He left in 2015, I think. Or 20, 2016, sorry. Uh, and then had to retire at a really young age. He's only 28 now, and he, he last played professional yeah. football three years ago. And he ago. was good as well. This is he not was. Just a player like, oh, he was. It were really good. I think we all really hoped we were going to make it. It would, it were no nonsense. Sort of exactly the defender we need now, actually. <laughs> yeah, I, I really liked him. So that was in kind of League One that he was starting to uh, start for us most weeks. But I think you know, I don't remember him having a bad game for us. To be honest, I'm thinking no. particularly uh, when we went to QPR in the FA Cup when we were in League One and they were in uh, the Premier League and we won three nil. And he, it, I just remember him completely dominating their attack which was um charlie austin and matt phillips by the way i went and looked it up so no mugs for a, a young league one defender but yeah i had really bad luck with injuries and, and had to retire at a pretty young age but the story is this week that he's won one million pounds on the lottery happy days what a lovely yeah. bit of news that is yeah, land is a tenner. <laughs> <laughs> I'm pretty sure it's true in terms of like it was on the star, but I don't. Te- I was kind of preparing my follow up tweet to be like, "Well, this is what happens when you just believe what you read in the star," because it's not. Yeah, yeah. It doesn't strike me that much investigative journalism went into this, and it is just a video of someone <laughs> called Terry answering a phone call which may or may not be from the lottery who, who knows a ginger guy as well come on do the <laughs> put the dots together ben come on <laughs> yeah but anyway assuming that is all absolutely bang on uh, and to be honest i feel like it would have been debunked by now if it wasn't accurate yeah yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah fantastic yeah. news love that you know nice happy ending there very i was very pleased yeah and that. That, yeah because obviously this were a guy who i reckon could have i think he'd have at least had a championship standard career at yeah. least I think and so, obviously yeah. that, that that ended purely for no no fault of his own. So yeah, for sure. Uh, on to another blade. Talking uh, of, by the way, if you want to want to do a um, a segue. Oh yeah. Um, segue. Talking of the the press, we, I think we should probably talk about the fact that um, the prince is definitely selling our bees. Isn't? <laughs> <laughs> do you want to do you want to expand on that? Yeah, uh, the Athletic did a a, a one to twenty four of all the clubs in the championship of like who would probably be the next to be sold, basically, weren't it, I think. Mm. Um, and this was grabbed upon by uh, the Yorkshire Post, Nathan Gemmingham and the Yorkshire Post. So I think he's probably the best United journalist out there, to be fair. Um, and he just put, oh, Sheffield United up for sale. Then you read your article, it was like, no. But everyone <laughs> just jumped on it, as we do. We're like, oh, I, knew, I knew it. What I don't understand is the people who like, absolutely hate the Prince are like, saying all, all the way through, like, 
since Wilder left, basically. He needs to go, he needs to go, he needs to go. And then they've read this article saying he's going to put it up for sale. He's like, I knew it. I knew he'd walk. <laughs> I knew, like, what, what do you want? What do you want this man to do? Just give it away for free. <laughs> yeah, uh, it was... <laughs> it was a very. I it got my click. I opened the article because so I was like, "Oh, yeah, same here." New yeah. new developments. I'm in, I'm interested yeah. to know what's going on here. <laughs> the story is basically, yeah, this, no. Not only is this, not only is there no new information, but this isn't actually accurate anyway. Uh, and and it came as you said, it came from an article that was basically how likely is every single team in the championship to you know change ownership yeah. at some time in the near I'm future. Bang in the middle, weren't we? Bang in the middle, yeah. So no. And I said to you, it's basically like an article saying, who will Harry Kane sign for and Villa being 12th? And then the local media saying, are Villa about to sign Harry Kane? <laughs> and everyone, oh my God, we're signing Harry Kane, just based on this like sort of one guy sort of interpretation of like where he thinks United are going to be going next in the next few years. Who knows? I mean, he might sell. I think he's undoubtedly after investors. That could even be a... a, a a ploy almost to say that you know the right offer I'm willing to sell. I think yeah. everyone really is. I, I don't think that I don't. I don't think that's news. I think <laughs> if someone gave the prince enough money to sell, I think he would. Yep, yeah, that's uh, that's business, isn't it? And uh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, uh, so we talked about one ex-blade in Terry Kennedy. Let's talk about another one, Aaron Ramsdale, making yeah. his. Full England debut. He's dead to me after I've ever got no money from it. Yeah, I know. <laughs> well, yeah, Nathan Hemingham himself confirmed. Uh, I think it was. I think it was him that I saw confirmed this that we we don't get any money from Arsenal for the fact that he's played for England, which seems a bit. I don't know. I was hoping that there would be some some dollar coming our way for that, but uh, yeah, it seems a very really obvious thing to put into the 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 contract, doesn't it? Like, maybe maybe it... we just got that money from maybe. Arsenal wanted it that way and we got it yeah. up front. Well, the fact it was already in the England squad when, you know, True. for the Euros, when Arsenal signed him, I suppose from Arsenal's point of view, what's the point of putting it in? You may as well just give us the money. He's obviously going to play for England. Yeah, I guess so. Uh, you, you kind of touched on it earlier, actually referenced it earlier, but that is some turnaround from Aaron Ramsdale. From <laughs> And I, yes. I went and checked the date. It's, it's not even 10 months since we were no. sincerely saying, you and I, I think we should probably play Wes Fodringham in the next game at Man United. Like for for Ramsdale's, we, I think at that point we we weren't like this guy is a disaster. You know he's costing us games. I think I, I haven't gone back and listened to, it, but I think our point of view was it's probably best to just sort of take him out of the firing line for his. Yeah. You know he, he's kind of a long term investment for us, and he seems to be getting worse week by week at this point. Like yeah, maybe just yeah. give him a spell out of the team. We're going to Old Trafford. We're going to get hammered anyway. You know, that front yeah. three that they have is going to tear us apart. Uh, and not only did he play well at Old Trafford, we actually won that game. And then pretty much from that moment on, he got better. And now look at him. He's a full yeah. England international. Uh, and, and I think, as you say, the, the parallel swells in here are definitely worth pointing out. They're obviously different. Ramsell a lot younger. Ramsdale playing in the Premier League and stuff, but I think there is maybe a lesson that maybe don't throw your keeper under the bus if he's if he's clearly talented, but is you know which I think Olsen is, otherwise he won't play so many games for Sweden just because they're having a bad spell. Yeah, I think uh, I was really happy that he got his debut against San Marino as well because I thought. This kid has earned a game where he's not going to have to do anything. When you think yeah, about, yeah, he did save a shot though, didn't he? He did. Yeah, that that did also make me happy actually that he, he got to do yeah. something. But um, you know, he's it must be so bizarre for him being at Arsenal at the minute. We're not great, but you know, they're a good Premier League team to just be like, oh look, I don't play behind a team of complete idiots for the first yeah. time in my entire career because obviously he played behind Bournemouth's defense that was atrocious, and then ours, which was. For most parts last season, even worse. Yeah, exactly. And then yeah. Uh, he gets a lovely debut in a 10-0 win, so 100% record. I'm, I'm really happy for him as well. I think on current form, he is the best keeper in England because Pickford's once again been making lots of mistakes for Everton. Um, <laughs> obviously, Henderson's not even... Well, he looks like he's going to go out on loan, which again gets three of our fans excited. It's not going to happen. <laughs> no, I'm not, I'm not sure if people have noticed, but we're not in the Premier League anymore. No, I mean, he wants to get back into the England squad. He's not going to drop down to the Championship, even if we gave him two billion a week. He probably would at that, actually. But, um, <laughs> yeah, uh, and then um, 
obviously Nick Pope struggling with uh, Burnley. I don't think he's been quite as good as he has been in normal. So, mm. you know, in current form, Ramsdale's there, isn't he? You know, on, on merit as being... Sam Johnson's obviously in the Championship. I think mm. Ramsdale's the next the next in line, I think. Yeah, and he's... Uh, I see, you know, uh, a lot of kind of uh, football analysts, goalkeeper analysts and Arsenal fans and pundits sort of raving about his uh, the ball at his feet, his ability to, to pass mm. and play out from the back. Yeah. yeah, makes you wonder why we uh, didn't utilise that a bit more, I suppose. But uh, Yeah, get him back. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what about some people who actually do play for us that uh, play some internationals this week? Who was who the pick from what you were looking at? In it terms has to be Johnny Egan. I did a view. Uh, yeah, it has to be Johnny Egan. I did a view from Ireland, and obviously I was... Oh, I've been leaving the view from in the internationals because a lot of the time they're playing teams. For instance, one of the main reasons realistically I didn't do Olsen is because one of the games were against Kosovo, which, you know, they lost in the end, to be fair. But, you know, I don't know how much you can take from these sort of games, basically. But I thought, Egan against Portugal, I'll take a look at this. And obviously Stephen Kennedy, the Irish manager, came out saying that he should be in the Champions League, Egan, which was mm. a huge call. Um, and then their fans basically were saying he were, he were really, really good. Um, not, Unfortunately, not Stephen's wasn't as good. And a lot of their fans are saying that he probably should be third choice now for Ireland in that left-back slot behind Doherty and um, James McLean. Mm, well, he should arguably be third choice for us as well. So uh... I'm su- really surprised he's still getting in the Irish squad, to be honest. I mean, I know they're not, you know, they aren't qualified against Ireland or anything like that, but he sounds like he had a, he really struggled against Portugal, which, you know, it's Portugal. I, I get that, but Egan Sean, so, you know, fair play to Egan. We said last week we did the players. I, I still think there is a player flying around in Egan where he can do really, really well at championship level. Just not sure if we're playing the right players right player next to him basically yeah indeed uh at under 21 level bruce uh captained the side the other night or the other afternoon i should say mm. um which I, I think was largely because uh there was 10 changes from the actual qualifier yeah. from the day before uh the, the game before other this was only i saw friendly. england get absolutely hammered for this and i didn't see the game but i did look at the the team and i thought i don't think many of these normally play for england under 21s to be fair no, not really. I mean, uh, Brewster obviously does, but for him to, uh, yeah, skip of the side was quite uh, quite interesting, I suppose. Um, but Did I you think watch it, it, I only saw the first half, so it was a two o'clock kickoff, um, and I was yep. looking after the baby in the afternoon. She generously slept for the uh, the first half, and uh, yeah, wouldn't let me watch the second half. But uh, yeah. I, I don't know, it looked, it looked a fairly fairly interesting game. Bruce is probably, not that he's captain material particularly, it's probably just he was the most senior of that team yeah. in terms of experience yeah. at that level um and gibbs white got a start as well which i think was the first time in uh, a year or so so mm. that was nice to see uh yeah i think that's every all our uh, any other uh, any other business for the blades uh we yeah. talked about the blades being up for sale only not um <laughs> any, anything else you want to raise uh before we spin the spin the wheel forward to next week's game no, just all, all these people who are listening to this and saving the Reading preview. I hope by the time you listen to the Reading preview, I'll like an idiot for saying that we're not going to win. So, <laughs> Excellent stuff. That is a great point to hit breaks. So we'll do that. We will come back and uh, talk about Reading next week. Back in one moment. Hello, Blades Pod listener. Let me tell you about NordPass. Now, security and speed are two of the things I prioritize when I'm online, and that is why I'm using NordPass as my password manager. It is brought to you by the cybersecurity experts who built NordVPN, and it's used by more than 14 million people worldwide. NordPass has everything that I'm looking for in a password manager, stores all my passwords in one place. They're all accessible with a single master password, and it can generate new ultra-secure passwords at the click of a button. NordPass's autofill feature also helps me log in much more quickly to whatever site or account I am using. So NordPass boosts my online security, makes using the internet easier, and I never again have to spend ages trying to remember a password or waste time trying to reset one. NordPass is offering a great deal this month to BladesPod listeners. That's you. You get 50% off of NordPass if you sign up at nordpass.com slash bladespod or use the promo code bladespod when you do sign up. That's n-o-r-d-pass.com slash bladespod. Gets you 50% off plus an additional month absolutely free. Head to nordpass.com slash bladespod now and boost your own online security. Thanks very much. Now back to the podcast. 
And we're back. And uh, thank you if you're sticking with us from uh, from on Thursday or Friday, or if you've uh, saved this one for before the Reading game, because that's what we're going to talk about now. Uh, I'm going to Reading. It was only twenty quid. I, uh, you know, I'm always grateful when I can get to an away game. To be honest, so quite looking forward to this. Um, even even allowing for a possible home defeat uh, to Coventry this weekend. Uh, mm. I just, just before we talk about this current iteration of the Reading team, I've just got to bring up the, our record against them in the last 20 yeah. years. This is absolutely crazy. So I'm going back to 2003. It's, it's 20 league games. And it goes, the first 10 league games in that period, loss, 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 draw, loss, draw, loss, loss, loss. That's two points yeah. out of a possible 30. And that's exactly how I remember it from that era as well, by the way. <laughs> total, total bogey team. Now moving to the second batch of 10 games. This is from April 2009 onwards. One, 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 drawn, one. One, 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 one. And then our last game was an FA Cup game as well, which we also won. Um, so in that second batch of 10 league games, we have 28 points out of a possible 30. Surely there's no team in history that has a record like this against of two teams where one is just a total bogey team and then it flips yeah. on its head. It's interesting because I still class Rangers, Reading, as our uh, bogey team. I don't know if mm. you do. When play, you got Reading coming out, you think, I saw all the bad memories. I think, oh, I never beat Reading. It's interesting. To, obviously, I know your, your other half is a Reading fan, but it'd be interesting to know if they think that about us as well. <laughs> yeah, so it's, I don't think I've ever really quizzed on it actually but yeah it was i i think part of it is i think a lot of the time well, i don't know maybe not actually i feel like we should have been as good as them in all the times we were losing but actually in hindsight we weren't were we <laughs> yeah i think the premier league what twice at least and obviously stayed up as it did they were the first second season syndrome team i think weren't they where mm. they finished ninth or whatever it was in the first season when they went up with us and then got relegated the year after but unlike us, I think they bounced back up as well. So, <laughs> yeah, indeed. Well, returning to the uh, the present day, obviously just uh, just hit with the points deduction, Reading, which you alluded to earlier. So uh, they lose six points, and I think there's a further six points suspended based on them following some sort of you know business plan for expenditure on wages and stuff like that. Uh, second time we've played a team who just got a deduction this season. Uh, Derby being the other one, of course. Which mm. I think that happened like what five days, a couple of games. Yeah, and we were that? the next game on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and they were pretty spirited, Derby. I was, I, I was thinking these could be lambs, uh, rams to the slaughter, if you will. Right, we. Thank you very much. Okay. Yeah. Nailed that one. Uh, <laughs> but but they very much were, and they gave us a good game. I mean, I think we were deserved winners in the end, but they certainly you know showed a lot of fight. Um, so maybe Reading will be the same. I, I guess the counter argument is. I think Derby have kind of played like a mid-table team for yeah. most of the season, and Reading haven't really. Although they have won two games more than us, they've won seven games. I mean, Reading are one of those sides that I did think has struggled this season. We obviously knew they had issues with financial fair play and stuff like that, but they do have some really dangerous players for this level. Swift, Zhao, you know, they, they spring to mind immediately. I didn't even think of Zhao, actually. Uh, yeah. has, he, has he been playing for them? Um, I should know uh, this. I, I have a literal Reading fan living in my house. I don't, I don't know, know, I've not paid any attention to Reading. It's all been about Coventry, obviously, because we were obviously recording this <laughs> before we even play Coventry, so I've not really put too much attention into Reading. John Swift, though. Probably uh, mm. great. <laughs> oh my blade's great yeah he's only played Zhao has only played two games this season apparently all right uh, interesting yeah he's been he's been injured since um the middle of august so i don't mm. know how likelihood likely he is, how close he is to returning but yeah he's john missed. swift though eight goals seven assists eight goals and seven assists is In 17 it's, <laughs> it's very very impressive uh yeah. i think eight goals puts him sort of that's probably top five or six scorers, and I know he's only one behind um, uh, Sorba Thomas of, of Huddersfield in the assist chart, and one ahead of um, mm. Billy Sharp. He's having a right, I mean, a career year from John John Swift, and yeah, as you say, a player that we were quite heavily linked with, and I think they actually, I don't know how true this was, but the the story was that they uh, they'd been reading, turned around, and basically asked it for much more than we were willing to pay for him. But even then, it was only sort of 8 million, I think, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. 
Um, Could use John yeah. Swift right about now, to be honest. Yeah, he'd be quite good, wouldn't he, John, uh, John Swift, for us? But yeah, he, he always looks good when I've seen him. To be fair, I, I have actually still got a draft on my uh, on my computer oh. of uh, Reading fans on John Swift. So uh, yeah, it always brings a a tear to my eye thinking about should, those um, days where. You should make a best 11 of the players whose view froms are still saved in draft because we never actually signed That's them. That's an absolutely unbelievable <laughs> shout, yeah. Neil Morpai will be up front. <laughs> oh, I definitely want to see this. I want to see your best yeah, 11. Yeah, I will have a look at this. This is a fantastic shout. I might have a look at this. I'm like, I'll, I'll, I'll put them out, print them out. Cameron Stewart, if you remember him. <laughs> Who was that? Uh, Doncaster. We had him on trial under Wilder. He never actually signed. Do you say Cameron Stewart? I'm sure it was Cameron Stewart. Yeah, I don't have. I have no memory of him whatsoever. But they never signed, yeah. I suppose. Um, anyway, back to back to Reading. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So I said Derby kind of kind of impressive this season, especially after I uh, well crapped on them in our preseason predictions. Essentially, uh, Reading the third worst defense in the league on XG, a bottom five attack on XG. Uh, they face the most number of shots per game, sixteen point one shots per game, which is is the most in the league by distance. It's almost. It's close to double what we face per game. Mm. And yet, and, mm. and this has been a real trend with Reading over the last three or four seasons, they completely defy all the stats. Like the season they made the playoffs, I think they, like all the metrics said they should be like 16th or 17th, something like that. And yeah, most of the times they've played like a, a bottom three team, but have, have consistently managed to survive. And you know, this season they'd be on 22 points, I think, without the deduction. Is that right? Uh, they're on, yeah, they're so, yeah, it's under now. Around, Yeah, And as I said, they've won seven games. So, you, you know, you lob on, lob back those six points. They're, they're looking at the playoffs. They're looking, we're only four points off the playoffs rather than being in a relegation fight, despite, you know, kind of a lot of the stats suggesting they should be closer to the bottom of the league. So it's weird. This is a game I feel like we probably should win. <laughs> like not, our, our recent record against them notwithstanding. Mm. But, yeah, Reading seemed to sort of defy logic a little bit. Yeah, um, yeah. Are you, yeah, have you, I, I suppose you've not really looked into their fans yet, have you? In the overall I've not, I've not done their fans, no. Normally they're quite... Uh, yeah, I think they were quite chipper last season because I remember like, looking to see what was going on last season. Um, I can't remember why, but for some reason. And then I think this season, I imagine, again, it, they'll just be wanting to survive. Won't they? They'll not get dragged into a relegation battle, I would think, now with the, the points deduction off and everything. Yeah. Uh, one other bit of Reading-related news, and this really angered me. They have signed Ooh. Andy Carroll. Yes. Oh, yes. What did you think when like you saw this. that? I don't yeah, like I think... It- I think he's rubbish, but I think that at the same time he's bound to score. He's just exactly the sort of player who'll score against us. He is rubbish, you're right. And I think I put this to you on, <laughs> on Twitter, actually. It's, is there a more is there a, another player as rubbish as Carroll who you are more worried about or would be more worried about? Uh, Jordan Rhodes. <laughs> uh, I'm not worried about Jordan Rhodes. I mean... Jordan Rose doesn't do anything that particularly concerns me. Like, you know, congratulations. No, he's not a big you guy or anything. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I get what you mean. Uh, Leon. Somebody somebody did suggest that to me. I feel like Leon Clark's made his peace with Sheffield United. I I, I think he, I don't think he'd uh, play above himself against us. I think but... if, Leon Clark, if Leon Clark came back, you'd definitely be thinking, well, he's going to score. <laughs> yeah. But I'm, I'm, I mean, I, I don't. Andy Carroll hasn't. Um... Ooh, John Lundstrom. <laughs> Sorry, <up>. go on. <laughs> yeah. uh, Andy Carroll has been without a club since January, apparently. So who knows how fit he is? He's still quite scarily young, actually. I think was he only like thirty-one or something? Yeah, yeah, so, uh, thirty-two. Um, yeah, so yeah. He, he, made, he, he started playing for Newcastle at quite a young age, didn't he? Uh, yeah. So I, I don't know if he's going to be even fit enough to play by Tuesday. Based on that, he's not had a great fitness record. Full stop. But. Oh. He uh, he really bullied us when we were good uh, in he that did. Newcastle home defeat, if you remember. Um, yeah. And yeah, he's, uh, that's exactly the sort of player I don't want to see us going up against. I thought, you know, Medine kind of had his way with us for Blackpool. He, you know, didn't really affect the game that much, but we basically couldn't get near him, could we? And no, it's the sort of player that we struggle with. I mean, by the way, have you heard that they're, uh, they're supposed to be signing Robert Snodgrass? I'm joking, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> I, I was ready to believe you, you then. God damn it. Um, yeah, th- this is not a player I want to see coming off the bench with 10 minutes to go under any circumstances whatsoever, no. uh, which is probably exactly why we'll be doing that. Um, 
Yeah, uh, that that annoyed me. It felt like a personal attack, to be honest. Of like, why is he signing for a team that we're just about to play? Like, oh yeah, he's, he's going to cause us some problems. You can see it, Fifteen minutes to go, winning one nil or maybe nil nil. <laughs> Last minute corner, boom, header. See you later. Right there yeah. we go. <laughs> right uh yeah i'm not looking forward to that i'm looking forward to going to reading though yeah you're is... going aren't you obviously to this one so yeah i'm uh i'm, I'm having a a nice afternoon in reading with uh with my brother we are going to seek out some nice drinking establishments i think and uh yeah enjoy mm. the day and then eventually just go down to the uh, medeski state is, <laughs> yeah. is it still called the medeski stadium actually i should know this uh, no, is it? I don't think it will be because it's... Um, it's not there anymore. That's a great question, though, because I, I went a couple of years ago and I, I can't remember. <laughs> oh, it's it's the Select Car Leasing Stadium. There we go. Oh, of uh, course it is. Yeah. Bit of free advertising <laughs> there for Select Car Leasing. Yeah, yeah, Enjoy yeah. Enjoy that one. Well, of course um, it's that. <laughs> Uh, just a, a final thing that I meant to mention earlier, but seeing as you mentioned Andy Carroll and Corners, we are now pretty much one of the worst teams in the championship at attacking set pieces so second worst in the league at creating uh from set pieces unexpected goals third worst at set piece shots so the last few months we've been saying how our set pieces are like a total waste of time and i'd almost rather we just didn't even bother trying to cross yep. from a free kick it's true we're terrible it's you know the just... worst thing about it is we got to the we're getting to the point now where we us getting a corner leads to an attack from the other team. That's 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 like the mm. pinnacle, isn't it, of bad corners? <laughs> Which I think happened on repeat at Blackburn, right? Yeah, that happened a lot at Blackburn. So yeah, that's 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 the stage. Hopefully, people who are listening who didn't listen to this uh, Reading thing, they say, "Nah, these idiots." He scored five off corners against Coventry. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think we should just take all our corners short at this point. We, you know, we want to penalty against someone i can't remember yeah who. yeah we, we did obviously Black we scored two against hull didn't we yeah which was... went very much down to hull <laughs> <laughs> it was really yeah and that's that's probably that one game probably accounts for the vast majority of our expected goals from set yeah, pieces this season. Like, yeah. yeah so don't even bother if you get a free kick united don't even bother trying to shoot or cross just play yeah. it short and let's let's just go back to playing football because Actually, the attacking from open play has been pretty good. I'm looking now. We're, we're fifth in the league for open play XG. So that's yeah, good. don't bother. We could just kick it out for a goal kick. Regroup. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that would be safe for us, suppose. Right. Well, considering we didn't even have a game to talk about in terms of one that's just happened, I think we've uh, we, we've ended up waffling for a while there. But yeah, um, we love a bit of waffling. We do. Well, possible. I haven't spoke to you for a little bit of for a week. Now, so, true. So. Yeah, I'll, I'll hopefully I, I, might, I might not see you Saturday. Who knows? Because obviously the the silly early kickoff. So mm, yeah, stupid early kickoff. Well, I might, I might see you after the match after all. Unless yeah, yeah. Unless we do lose, as I sort of expect. In which case, I might just want to slope off straight home. To be honest, yeah, I'm already uh, sort of like deciding that I'm not going to let that ruin my day. Ah, <laughs> uh, good man. Well, that that's my approach for for Tuesday against Reading. So uh, yeah, yeah. Fa- fair play to you. Right, uh, we're going to finish there, mate. What uh, what have you got to plug? What's what's going on with uh, living with Maidley or your, your, uh, your separate the podcast? old Maidley podcast? There's a uh, Paul Sykes is out. Um, I've said to you before we start, you've not listened to this one yet, and I said that even if you don't want to listen to our podcast, watch the Paul Sachs documentary. It's well worth a watch. Um, Where can can people find those? On YouTube? On YouTube, yeah, Britain's Hardest Prisoner, and we we, uh, review that tragic but funny tale. Um, I've got, we're going to have, pretend people listen to the, if this is the Reading one, people should have the launch of Channel 5 out. Um, Oh, yeah, that, that's all. That's all. That's recorded. Just need to get a few editing things done on that. And that should be out for Sunday, something like that. I would have thought. So if you listen to the Reading one, that'll be out. Uh, again, if you listen to the Reading one, the Coventry pre-match and probably post-match, unless I'm that mardy, I don't do it. <laughs> <laughs> if we lose, that should be out. And I've also got the view from Ireland, which is a lot of praise for Egan and not so much for Armander. Aye, great stuff. Look at you, busy bee. You, really busy, been... really busy this week. Yeah, um, and although the day job. Liam always says I'm not busy off on me, so I can't. <laughs> Hopefully, he's not listening. <laughs> probably, probably not. Right at the end of the podcast, he's probably not going to sit through an hour of us yakking. Oh, on. <laughs> <laughs> we can just say anything at this point. Nobody, nobody's listening. It's just, uh, <laughs> it's just, uh, it's just me, me and you when I'm just checking the edit. So, um, well, there you go. That's uh, that is at roysviewfrom.com. Podcast is Living with Maidley. Whatever you used to listen to podcast, you will be able to find it 
on there. And uh, yeah, follow Andrew at Panchero. Follow me at BladesPod. And uh, we're off. There will be another podcast after the commentary game early next week. But we won't talk about Reading in that one because we talked about it in this one. And then we'll be back probably... Uh, towards the end of next week to review uh, whatever does happen at the uh, selectcarleasing.com stadium on Tuesday night. <laughs> yeah. Can't wait. All right, mate, on the blaze. Let's have a positive result on Saturday. Let's and, do it, uh, man. Come on. I want, I want to be positive on here again. You know, yeah. but it's been negative too long. Do something for us. <laughs> exactly. There's your team talk, Slav. Do something for us. Assuming you've... I'm about to say, with this, but this might be out of date. Uh, we might have to do a, 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 an emergency pod in about five minutes where <laughs> when Slav walks. So. I am fairly confident in saying we will not need to do that this afternoon. <laughs> right. Uh, that's it, mate. We'll finish there. Thanks again to everyone for downloading and listening. And, uh, yeah, big thanks to you, uh, as always, mate. Really appreciate it. Thank you, mate. Thanks a lot. That's it for this week's episode. So thank you once again very much indeed for downloading and listening to BlazePod. And thank you also to NordVPN, who sponsor this podcast. NordVPN is a service that I use to stay safe online. They encrypt my traffic on both web and mobile, so I never have to worry about unsecure websites, apps, or public Wi-Fi networks when I'm working on the move or trying to keep up with the latest Blades news on my phone. NordVPN also make it really easy for me to switch my virtual location. It takes just one single click. That gives me access to all the streaming platforms that are not available in the UK. If you're an online person, you probably know what I'm talking about. But for example, Netflix overseas, Hulu, HBO documentaries, the kind of stuff that is not available in the UK, you can get access to with just a single click through NordVPN. NordVPN is also fast and secure costs the equivalent price of just one cup of coffee every month uh, for which i get premium cyber security they also have a special offer for bladespod listeners of course all you need to do is head to nordvpn.com bladespod or use the code bladespod when you sign up and you will get 73 percent off your plan plus a bonus gift it is a limited time offer for this month so do not wait around head to nordvpn.com bladespod today That's all for this episode. Thanks again for listening. Take care and we'll be back soon.